Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. We are previewing Bombers versus Argonauts on the podcast today. We've got the voice of the Argos, Mike Hogan, and the voice of the Bombers, Bob Irving. Both sides of the coin. We got it covered on the podcast. Calgary Stampeders have themselves a bit of a conundrum. Bo Levi Mitchell has a broken fibula. He's in a walking boot. He's on the six-game injured list. So for a team that is 0-2, now what? And so we bring in Mark Steven, the voice of the Stampeders. So, Mark, now what? Now what? Great question. It's uh, not an ideal situation. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, you know, they've got to turn to a couple of inexperienced quarterbacks. Uh, they've got uh, Michael O'Connor, who was a Toronto draft choice a couple of years ago, and they've got Jake Meyer, who's yet to take a CFL snap, and they're just going to have to grind it out for the next six weeks here and hope they don't uh, lose any ground to top teams like Winnipeg and like Saskatchewan. So watching them the first two weeks, when did you get the sense that something was wrong with Bo Levi Mitchell? Uh, partway through the game on uh, Thursday night against BC, I didn't give anything wrong. I thought he played good, not great, in the uh, opener against Toronto, but I started to get the sense the more the game went on that he just wasn't comfortable in the pocket, wasn't moving well. His throws were soaring, indicating maybe he wasn't planting properly. So the longer the game went on in Toronto, uh, the more I started to wonder, and uh, obviously we're right, but uh, that's why I started to wonder uh, the longer the uh, BC game went on. So in hindsight, should he have played against BC? I wonder. It's a fair question to ask. Uh, you know, maybe he just thought it was uh, not as severe as first thought. Maybe they didn't see some of the breaks in there. But uh, I wonder. I, I, you know, five games between games, though, maybe he thought he could tough it out and uh, push through it. But obviously it wasn't the case. But uh, here he is now. He's going to go on the six-game injured list. But, no, I think it's uh, something that's been asked as to whether they uh, let him, uh, you know, take charge of his own uh, playing time or whether they should have uh, integrated themselves a little more into the process. I don't know, but it's uh, certainly something that uh, was starting to bother him the longer the game went on. Well, we saw the weird circumstance in week one with Michael Riley's bit of a noodle arm, and he's in and he's out. Nathan Wark goes in. Now we see Bo Levi Mitchell. It's a short season, only 14 games, so do you get the feeling that maybe uh, teams are more apt to say, uh, you know what, we, we can't just lose games right away. we got to try to see if we can sneak out a win with a quarterback that's not 100%. Oh, I think that that certainly played into it. Uh, I think right now the Stampeders are 0-2. and two. You mentioned it's a 14-game season. I think at the absolute minimum, and this is a minimum, they'll have to go 500 the rest of the way, win six, lose six. Can they do that? And that won't even get them in the playoffs necessarily, but I think that's the minimum. So, uh, you know, uh, I guess the best way to describe it is to steal a Yogi Berra line. It's getting late kind of early right now, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on them, especially when you get out of the start like they did and fall so far behind uh, so quickly because, uh, you know, they're looking up at a couple teams that are a couple of games ahead of them already. Well, and a big thing was the teams they lost to to start the season, Toronto and BC, weren't really viewed as the upper echelon teams. They've got Montreal coming to town Friday, and they come here to Winnipeg. they got a home-and-home, home, as they always do in September, against the Elks, who are also 0-2, and, and they've got their own problems. Then they got the Ticats and Rough Riders. There's your six-game injured list for Bo Levi Mitchell, if it is just six games. So what kind of pressure now turns to the, the quarterbacks, as you mentioned, very inexperienced that they have right now to choose from? Michael O'Connor, everything. It's uh, gonna. He's got to try and keep the team afloat during this stretch because you know, Bo Levi Mitchell is going to return. That's the full expectation. But you're right; it'll be 
somewhere early October, maybe close to Thanksgiving. So he's just going to have to tread water. That's what they can hope for. It's the best thing they can hope for, that he'll be able to, you know, uh, reach in and find some of that magic that Nick Arbuckle did a couple of years ago when he took over, when Bo Levi had the issues related to his shoulder. And for that matter, what Bo Levi Mitchell did a few years ago right in Winnipeg when he made his first start in the absence of Kevin Glenn and Drew Tate and really lit it up. It's, uh, you know, something that has happened, but uh, they need more than just good memories. They have to have good production over an extended period of time as well. Well, one thing that Calgary's been applauded for over the years has been their institutional integrity and the kind of way they've been able to survive when key players go down always having someone else ready to step up it was Nick Arbuckle before as you mentioned the the quarterbacks that have come in is this different is there maybe a little bit less faith right now in Calgary if you've talked to people about what they think could happen to this team are we finally going to see a a very kind of crummy Calgary season (laughs) it's possible sure I can see why you'd say that coming out of the gate at uh, zero and two without their number one quarterback, but there still remains faith. I mean, the team has proven it uh, year after year that they are among the top teams. Sure, there's been a lot of finger-pointing. There has already been a lot of questions about why they let Dakota, Dakota Prukop go out of training camp and kept the three that they did. I mean, you know, it's all on the table right now, but no, I don't think in the big picture that people have lost faith in the organization. It was uh, two games, two subpar games. I mean, as bad as they played against BC, let's not lose sight of the fact that they did have the ball with a chance to drive down the field for the winning touchdown. Now they threw an interception, but the, the game was in their hands. And I, I don't want to minimize what they've done because they've only scored once in the uh, score zone in eight tries. That's not good enough, but it's not that they've completely fallen off the abyss either. But they are 0-2, and, and that's just not good enough right now. you followed this game for quite a long time. If the Michael O'Connor story works out and a Canadian quarterback becomes potentially the face of a franchise, it could be a big if, but how big a deal would that be to have a, a big-time Canadian quarterback in the CFL? Pretty exciting, wouldn't it, to see somebody? And he's a guy that's uh, made a point of it telling us he's a quarterback who's Canadian, not a Canadian quarterback. So I hope that he thinks there's a difference there. Oh, I think it'd be very exciting. I mean, you know, he does have a good pedigree, a big, tall guy that went down to the IMG Academy in Florida a few years ago. He redshirted at Penn State, then he came back to UBC and led them to a Van Yee Cup. So he's got a good pedigree, but, you know, all that pedigree doesn't matter now. He's expected to step in there and win, but it'd be a heck of a story, make no mistake about it. The long, elusive search for the star Canadian quarterback, and maybe it's him, not sure, but uh, it'd certainly be uh, something very interesting to follow. Who is the like, how far do you have to go back? I mean, Brandon Bridge had a couple moments, but how far do you have to go back to, to find a, an actual successful, stable quarterback in the CFL who is Canadian? Yeah. Well, Stampeders had uh, Andrew Buckley here for a little while, not that long, but he was on the roster for a couple he of didn't seasons. Play much, though. No, no, not much. Uh, Brad Sinopoli was drafted as a quarterback, but he didn't play much quarterback. Uh, Brandon Bridge, I guess, would be as much as anybody in recent times. And, uh, you know, here and there, Greg Vavrets going back quite a ways, uh, played a little bit in Calgary and Vancouver and Edmonton. But uh, you're right, it's it's, uh, the elusive story. I guess if you really want to go back to the most impactful quarterback, you've got to go back to the Russ Jackson era, I guess. That's that's, uh, half a century plus ago. I mean, 
it's it's tough that it's been so long, but it's the marquee position, and there's just you know more great quarterbacks coming out of the states than there are spots for those players to play south of the border. Yeah. So I guess that just the math checks out that Canadians are going to end up being backups, if anything at all, in the CFL. Yeah, it's just numbers. It's just straight numbers. The one thing I would like to see, though, is if you have a Canadian quarterback starter, you get credit for a Canadian starter because, you know, you have to address seven Canadian starters, but the quarterbacks don't count in that seven. Why not? Mm -hmm. I'd like to see that change. That would be a little bit of incentive for teams to keep, train, and develop a Canadian quarterback, maybe a, a little more seriously knowing that position and that option exists for them. That's one thing that they could do that I don't think would be much of a problem at all, to tell you the truth. Well, because the, I guess the reason it isn't is just because there aren't any, right? So they didn't make it a yeah. thing because there just aren't Canadian quarterbacks in the CFL. If you got a third, and if you got a third stringer, why not take a take a well, chance to develop yeah. somebody, right? Well, that's just it. And if uh, you know, keep him around so that one day he can count as a one of your starters, and you can play other players at other positions if you so choose. So that's one thing I would like to see them do. But it, it is a numbers game. I, I you know, I, sometimes I hear that they don't let them develop well i get that to a point but you're right i mean how many hundred how many thousand quarterbacks are cranked out of various ncaa div one two and three schools every year Mm -hmm. some are good some aren't good enough i understand that but uh it's just a sheer numbers game well right and even you know the heck Crichton winner in canada that's probably not normally if you're a standout canada you go to the states right so that's just the way it goes Mark Steven is the voice of the Stamps on CHQR in Calgary. Looking ahead to the game itself, we're going to obviously, it's going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback going into this game, but there there are other parts of the game as well. And the Calgary Stampeders are going to take on a Montreal team that looked pretty decent in a a convincing win over the Edmonton Elks last week. What have you thought of uh, that matchup in your, uh, the research you've done so far in preparations for that game? Well, certainly Montreal is good. I would agree with you there. Uh, Vernon Adams is going to make a big push to be an elite quarterback in the league if he's not there already. He had a very good season last year. I think their receiving core is really good. And uh, Standback, I think, is a real bulldozer back uh, as the running back. And I think their defense is very sound as well. So maybe we all kind of slept on Montreal, you know, all getting fired up about the 15-win Hamilton team from a year ago and their trip to the Grey Cup, and I think maybe we slept a bit on Montreal. They're really good, and the Stampeders will certainly have their hand full, and that's with or without Bo Levi Mitchell. I think they're really good. They really uh, showed what they're made of and uh, really didn't give uh, Edmonton much breathing room in that game. So uh, Montreal is going to be a huge handful, Then it doesn't get any easier because the Stampeders head on the road for the first time and will be in IG Field in Winnipeg. Is there any consolation at all for fans in Calgary knowing Edmonton's also 0-2? Well, is it consolation or is it finger-pointing that they're in the same pickle as the Stampeders? You know, I did some research on this is the first time since 1966 that both of these teams have got off to zero and two starts like that. Isn't that crazy? So uh, I guess it's misery loves company kind of thing. And, you know, it's always fun to play them back-to-back over the Labor Day weekend. But given the way the season is unfolding, it'll have even more importance here. I mean, maybe we're looking at one of these teams being a crossover. I don't know. Maybe one of them will, you know, run down uh, Saskatchewan or Winnipeg because those teams will be playing each other. I don't know. There's a lot of intrigue, but uh, I think the Stampeders have enough of their own issues. But I will say this, it has been noticed that Edmonton is 0-2 as well. Just on that stat, how many times of those 
55 years, <laughs> would would they have played in the first two weeks and therefore they couldn't both be 0-2? I did look that up. It's it, it has happened. It's more than once. It's a few times. I know that. So they okay, but not many. At times they've. Yeah, no, but at times they have bumped each other off. Yes, there's a there's a few times that it has happened, but uh, you know it's just the fact that uh, when basically, generally, not always, but generally, when Edmonton was good, the Stampeders were not, and when uh, the Stampeders, as they've been for you know much of the last thirty years, have been on top, Edmonton has not been at or near the top on as regular basis. They've had some good teams, but the Stampeders have generally been a step ahead. So that's why you have to go back all that way to find them in the same trouble at the same time. Crazy. Well, we knew the season would throw us some loops, and boy, has that happened in yeah. Toronto so far through two weeks. Mark, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and enjoy your call coming up on Friday. Well, I am, and really looking forward to finally hitting on the road and getting into IG Field. There's a great environment there, so uh, we'll see everybody in Winnipeg in a few weeks' time after the Montreal game. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places, I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your